Next on BYUSN, a rough road again for BYU men's basketball, this time at Kansas State. Is it time to be concerned about the Cougars' struggles away from home, or is that life in the Big 12? And after beating Baylor and losing to Kansas State, will the Cougars still be ranked in today's AP poll? Another day, another ESPN analyst on the program. Today it's Fran Fischella on the Cougars' loss to Kansas State. Big game at Kansas tomorrow in the first year in the Big 12. Which NFL team is rumored to be interested in trading for Zach Wilson? Questions abound. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jerem Jordan. And frankly, Jerem is a guy that plays above the rim. So naturally, you're looking for people who can play above the rim for a dunk contest, yeah? Yeah, I, I know all the guys that uh, should be in the halftime dunk contest from BYU football <laughs> because Nebraska did this, and uh, apparently it was awesome. So here, here's the list of guys. I, I checked with two sources on the football team to see who the best dunkers are. Mm-hmm. Here's some video of Nebraska. Here's my list that I was told. Uh, Ethan Erickson. Okay. Trey Alexander. Isaiah Glasker. Ace Kafusi, Maury Bamba. Connor Pay and Braden Kime as a lineman could be interesting. Connor right? Pay. JoJo Phillips. Kevin Doe, a deer, a female deer, wide receiver, and Miles Hall, new signee. Those are, that's the list. This is the list I got from two different people I've combined this. I would love to see this at halftime of a men's basketball game. Now, there's only two left. Surely they're planned out. Next year, (laughs) non-conference, we need to make this happen. (laughs) That would be really fun. Nebraska did it. I think that's a great idea. I thought Darius Lasseter might show up on the list somewhere. He's the guy that made all the circus catches, mm. athletic catches, yeah. go up, climb the ladder, get it. Lasseter right? was not named by two people I talked to. Perhaps he's a baller and they just I haven't wonder, seen him yet. I, I wonder if he could make his way into the dunk lineup. Yeah. That, that is a really fun idea for sure. It would be fun. Now, like if we're talking like all time, Mitch Matthews is going to be in there because that dude was incredible. Yes. Yeah, he, he's the dude that was throwing down windmill 360s. So athletic. Super athletic. Yeah. Uh, the 39-inch vertical at 6'6". That typically yeah. works out if you want to be a dunker. I would think some of the men's volleyball guys could be pretty interesting. Because oh. in those guys are like 40-plusers. <laughs> yes. like they have the real hybrid. And then some of the high jumpers. Maybe that's the real conversation is like men's volleyball guys in a dunk contest. Well, like Mia Lee could get in there and dunk, I bet. Middle blocker on the women's volleyball team. Let's go. Got some high. Sierra Alfin. Pidwell Alfin, record holder in the high jump. Options are limitless. Let's go. Uh, Unfortunately, today, um, the options to discuss BYU basketball winning a game were not on the table, but we will discuss regardless. Try and figure out what's going on the road. All that said, rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. Aluma showed out. Just not the afternoon for BYU from beyond the arc. What's trending presented by BYU Food to Go. The MVP of your next (laughs) event. Yep. You think six for 31? Six for 31 from the three-point line. That's under 20%, 19.4%. From BYU, a season low from a team that relies heavily on the three. So, yeah, the 25th-ranked Cougars lose again away from home, 84-74 against Kansas State, who was motivated. They had recently lost to BYU in Provo. Every road game's tough in this conference. But it feels like the trend is becoming something to the sort of BYU is is not – 
playing better. Like it's, they're playing worse as they get from road game to road game. Like three losses in a row on the road. And against teams that on paper BYU should have been more competitive with Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and then you go all the way yeah. back to Oklahoma. Yeah. Like these these games have gotten away from BYU in the second half. You don't want to lose by ten. The line's one and a half. BYU had the nine point or or more lead on the road, and then that those leads were dissipating. I like think we're talking about BYU's not yeah. getting leads on the road in these latest road. Games. Like I missed the had a seventeen point lead and blew it thing. Like uh, <laughs> yeah, I would I would much rather <laughs> I, have I, that. I missed that Ooh. version of a loss compared to this, where you're just not really in it most of the way, and you're trying to make a run, but ultimately you lose on the road to kind of bottom five competition. Sure, that's Let, disappointing. So let's try and quantify this. Yeah. How concerning. If you can give me an ample amount of concern. Uh, 12.8. <laughs> are these it, this, road struggles? This much, Spence. My arms are out. Um, no, I, I'm concerned. Uh, BYU's 2-5 and five on the road in the league, plus Utah would be 2-6 and six, right in non-con. The two wins were UCF and West Virginia. Those are two of the bottom three. So you want to go, if you're going to win some road games, probably against those guys. Oklahoma State's the one other in the bottom three that BYU didn't. Win three straight road losses. Losing at Oklahoma is not a huge deal. BYU didn't compete as well as I wanted in that game, but they're an eight seed in the tourney. Uh, that's a tough one. Losing to Oklahoma State and Kansas State, two of the bottom five, are those are tougher. And, and getting blown out at times like in the game. Possession at the end to perhaps win kind of thing. In those three losses, BYU, as you can see, minus 12 in margin, 14% field goals, 19% in threes. Got to make threes, obviously, but this team has some interesting numbers there specifically. Gregor Bell tweeted the following. BYU the shooting, uh, this season was shooting from the arc. 32% or better from three, 19 and two. Under 32%, 0 and six. This season when making 10 or more threes, 15 and three. Fewer than 10 made threes, four and five. So season low in amount of makes and percentage on Saturday is concerning. My main concern isn't necessarily losing in the Big 12 on the road because that's what a lot of teams do. Sem a, like 70% of the road games. It's hard to win on the road. The fact that BYU has two of those, that's great. We're, we were hoping for three. It's going to be two, because at Kansas and Iowa State, I, I, those are losses unless you pull off a miracle like BYU has done at Gonzaga in 15, 16, 17. Trust me, I shaved my head. I'm well aware. That, there, there's a chance that could happen tomorrow night or next week on Wednesday at Iowa State. But the chances are low. Go compete, see what happens. But the chances are the BYU finishes with two road wins in the, in the whole season out of eight. Now, will this bleed into neutral court stuff? Because if it does, now I'm now that's where my concern sits, Spence. But BYU has two solid wins on a neutral site. Yes, they do. It's been a hot minute. They were a long time ago. It's been though. three months from Turkey Day, dude. Um, oh, and we're two weeks away from uh, Kansas City, and hopefully BYU can go in there and shoot well. But it won't be neutral if you play against a Kansas or a Kansas State. Because you're in that state. You are, uh, you know, Kansas does a nice job at that tournament. Hopefully BYU can figure it out. Certainly they're good at home. Expect BYU to shoot way better on Saturday against TCU and then the next Saturday against Oklahoma State. But in the, in the Big 12 tourney, you need to see a win. And then in the NCAA tournament, need to see a win. you got to shoot well. Like, this team uh, cannot overcome sub-32% shooting at the moment at all. 0-6. Like, they cannot by that specific number. Not when you shoot that many threes. Right, and that, that's how BYU's got to do it. That's how BYU's got to win, um, and they're really good at that. But w when they're really good, they're really good, of course, but they've struggled, and so it is concerning. And it's not just road. It's like, why is BYU shooting so poorly on the road in back-to-back -back Saturdays against bottom five teams in the league? 
Not that they, not that they're bad spits, but it's just like okay, these are some of the more winnable games in the league. This wasn't at Houston or at Iowa State or at Kansas or at Texas Tech again. This was a more winnable game. You'd beaten this team, and so it, how concerning? Very. Yeah, very is an appropriate word, and we were alluding to it a minute ago. BYU trailed Oklahoma State by 20. They trailed Kansas State by 17. I mean, late in these games. These are not close. And the Cougs tried to rally a little bit and tried to throw something together at the very end of the game at Kansas State. And it it got weird for a second, but not really weird. It just, the deficit was so big that BYU's out of the game. Like, it just, it's not going to happen. And they did not do that early. Like, BYU played pretty well at Baylor. They certainly played well for 30 minutes at Texas Tech. Those Mm -hmm. games slip away. Those are two of the top seven teams in the league. Those are nice performances. Yes. Unfortunately, didn't hold up. Baylor, I didn't need to win, but if you go up 17 at Texas Tech, you got to win that game. At Oklahoma State, was never really close. At Oklahoma, it was a game until a little bit after halftime. Like, BYU... Frankly, if we're looking at the last three road games, like BYU, I think, probably played the best of the last three road games in the first half at Oklahoma. But since then, it's been like, ugh. So five tough halves yeah. uh, on the road. That, it's concerning. Now, if BYU just flips a switch and, uh, you know, they, they win the two home games, they lose the two road games in the last two weeks here, and then in Kansas City, they show up on Wednesday and win a game. Okay. Awesome. We're good. Hopefully in the NCAA tournament, you can win a game. Yes. Compete in that second game. Maybe you even win it. It, BYU's never won the second-round game without the National Player of the Year, by the way. Sure. They they could do it. This this could be the first year they do that. That'd be great. But you got to show up in those neutral side games. Mark Pope has spent a lot of time, and and I've bought into this. I believe it's a a very real thing, talking about experiencing new things and and building through adversity. This is a new adversity for BYU basketball. This feels self-imposed, though, as opposed to, like, they prevented us from making these threes. It feels like BYU just didn't. It's not like they were all contested and they were. No, the were, shots they could get. There were some tough shots. They just straight missed a bunch of them. And I'm talking more big picture of like, it's just, it's more difficult to win on the road than it's ever been in the history of BYU basketball. This Wait, is, you're this saying, is, you're this saying is winning a new at experience. Kansas State is harder than winning at Portland. <laughs> and at Pepper 9. Purple and at is, Pacific. That's a different purple. And at San Diego. And at Santa Clara. Like, yeah, for sure. It's, it's so big picture. Like this is a tough experience. The hope is that having traversed this and like gone through it, maybe BYU gets that much more battle tested and tougher as the season goes on. Where it's like, okay, we've been through some really tough times. I just I, I want to see BYU at least compete a little bit better in these final two road games. Especially, <laughs> just compete better. They didn't compete well against two of the bottom five. Now they're going to play two of the top five. And Kansas, I mean, I know Kansas isn't number one in the league, but, like, the perception is that Kansas is And, frankly, you're talking top five in the Big 12. Like, they they might be two of the top five teams in the country. (laughs) Like, Iowa State lost. They'll drop a touch, but they'll probably stay in the top ten. Dude, two top ten games coming up in the next three games. TCU's the one that isn't, and, and that's attorney teams. Yes, and TCU is a projected eight seed right now, and they're playing better. Like, they, they're starting to move things in the right direction. So yes. the challenge for BYU is, yeah, to, to try and find a way to just move the trend back in the other direction of, like, all right, we're going we're gonna to be competitive all game long. Can they push Kansas? Can it, can it be like a six- yeah. to eight-point game with four minutes to go? 
I don't need it though, Spence. I really don't need it. What I need is a win against TCU and Oklahoma State. Like I would love for 100%. BYU to compete. 100%. Ride with nine wins. I would love to, for BYU to compete against Kansas and Iowa State. You know, BYU doesn't need wins there. They've done good work so far. They're 500 in league. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice if they competed. And if they pulled off an upset, hey, new best win of the year. Either one of those two. In fact, if you win at Kansas, that's one of the best wins in program history. Uh, without a doubt. If you win at Iowa State, that's, it's a top 10 road win. Are you kidding me? So I don't, I'm not expecting a ton there. I'd love for BYU to go compete, see what happens. Again, BYU's done it before where they've gone to Gonzaga and they pulled this off. But it was three out of 12, right? Which was a good ratio, And the frankly. three were in a row. Yes, they were. It was basically like, is, is Twice there, against the number one team in the like, country. Is there a lone peak player on the roster? Tyler Haas or Nate Austin, and yeah, BYU was doing. Well, I guess I should well say one of the times was against the number two team in the country, and then they were going to be number one. They were undefeated. Yes, <laughs> Eric, Mika, TJ, Elijah. Uh, at Seth Davis Hoop, CBS College Basketball Insider. Seth's back at it. What, what's what's this? Said the following: There's a high likelihood that I will pick against the Cougs <laughs> in the NCAA first round, no matter who they're playing. Wow. Assuming the game isn't played in the Marriott Center, but man, they. Are fun to watch. He like digs himself a hole and then he's like gets the shovel and puts a little bit of dirt back in. He, I mean, he he's what? got him ranked number twenty three in this week's AP poll for that he, matter. He doesn't believe like he's seeing sort probably certain trends and hey on the road and shooting and whatever like because early remember BYU was top five in that. If you're top five in that, you know it's like hey you should be competing for the national championship. It's like no BYU's not doing that. But hopefully BYU can win a second yeah. game in the NCAA tournament. It'd be incredible. It'd be incredible number. to win one. It'd I be would, incredible to win one in the tournament. It would like we believe that that 2020 team was gonna win and, and win several. That could have been the first year, right? You don't have the national player of the year. You get to the Sweet 16. Hopefully this is the year. We'll see, man. The one thing that Mark Pope has not done yet is win won an NCAA, NCAA tournament, tournament game. Like that's just been to the one in 21. It's a big one. It was in the COVID bubble at Hankel. It's kind of weird. Topic two, will BYU still be ranked in the AP poll today? Seth Davis says so. Again, he sees the big picture because BYU <laughs> beat number 11 on Tuesday. He's seeing the bigger picture of going against the Cougs later? <laughs> Maybe they'll play in Salt what? Lake City. Fingers crossed. Oh, that would be great. That yeah. would be a home game. Then yeah, Seth's picking great. for the Cougs, right? That'd be awesome. He's got the number 23 in his poll, which I was like, okay, he, yeah, he sees the big picture. But how many of the AP voters and writers are looking that in-depth to be like, oh, well, BYU beat number 11 at home. More, more of them are going to see BYU lost to unranked Kansas State on the road to close out the week, and they were number 25. So I'm going to drop them a little bit. I expect BYU to be like two or three teams out of the top 25 poll this week, which will end a streak of 14 consecutive weeks. Pretty good. Of being ranked, which is awesome. It's, one of the it's been super fun. Yeah, but I, I just don't think that the Baylor win on Tuesday had enough lasting power with what BYU did on Saturday, unfortunately, to keep them in the poll. I think BYU deserves to be in the poll, given what I, they did last week. I think body of work. They deserve to be in. Slash, what have you done for me lately as well? I think they deserve to be in. I do not think they I will be I don't think they it. will be. And frankly, Spence, I don't know if BYU is going to be in it the rest of the year. Because you're playing at Kansas this week. You're playing at Iowa State next week. I don't think that you can offset those potential losses should you not pull off the upset. And then you go into Kansas City, and then at that point it's more about seeding than ranking anyway. So the ranking that really matters is what BYU is in net 
and in the Ken Palm. Which is which 13 in net, right? And 18 in Ken Palm. Your top 20. That is spectacular. That is amazing. If you're not in the AP people, I don't really care. It's fun, and it's nice to say that when we're previewing a it's game. It's just great to see the BYU logo the on the ticker on every ESPN college basketball show, and they're showing your highlights every game because you are ranked. And, yeah. Like, that's a lot of fun. The exposure is nice. Yeah, it's a, an 8.7 worth of fun. Um, but ultimately, Net and Ken Palm and KPI and SOR and BPI, those are what matter. You want me to tell you why, even in some really frustrating road losses, I'm still very encouraged by BYU's potential on a neutral site or even in the future road games. I feel they, like you're going to tell me regardless of what my answer is. Okay. Well, <laughs> listen up. No! <laughs> BYU is creating a ton of opportunities. They took 23 more shots than Kansas State did on Saturday. BYU attempted 71 field goals. Kansas State had 48 field goal attempts. Yeah. One way to do that is rebounding. Another, Plus 13 in offensive rebounds. I hate rebounding. to break it to you. You have to miss to get those chances too. So if you make, you're not getting as many chances. They created they, five more turnovers. So BYU only gave away the ball eight times. They positive. forced yeah. 13 turnovers. So they were plus five in turnover margin. They were plus 13 in offensive rebounding. They took 23 more shots. The opportunities make the shots. are ample. And that's not that's like not an outlier. Like BYU did similar things against Oklahoma State and have done it in several games. Where they this just, is like passes in a football game. It's like, why did we throw 47 times? And I went, it's because you were down the whole time. That's why you had the extra passes. So hopefully BYU has fewer offensive rebounds because they just go in. I would like seven offensive rebounds, but you had six more made shots. Three of which were threes. 23 more attempted field goals. Well, the thing is, that that was the method that got BYU back in the game against Baylor at home, though. They weren't making shots, but they got offensive rebounds. They got second-chance points off of three-point misses in, early in the game. And then they like, started to make stuff, yeah. You for can't sure. sustain that for a game, though. Like, I don't want to shoot 23 more shots than the other team. That means we're, we're probably down. Or you've created a lot of 71 turnout. shots Listen, is... Crazy. You've created a lot of turnovers, too, though. So the plus five in turnover margin helps there a little bit, too. Yeah. To, Those to are shooting all nice. some more shots. You didn't make enough shots. Amen. Like, Six for 31. And, and you were minus 15 in free throw attempts. That bites you sometimes. BYU shoots the fewest amount of free throws of any team by percentage of points scored, right? So there, there's some games where they get to the line a ton. 46 against UCF. But that was silly. That was the outlier, right? Make more threes. Eat more chicken. Mailbag Monday. If you're that new just to felt the... like a natural response to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mailbag Monday. If you're new to the program, this is where you ask questions. We do our best to answer as many of them yeah. as we can. Kevin Lunt offers the first brain buster today here. Are the three-point shooting troubles away from the Marriott Center going to be a problem in the NCAA tournament? That's the question. And the, the hope is that the answer is no, obviously. Um, hopefully, BYU can capture something in Kansas City where it's like, okay, we're good. They played really well in Vegas, as you pointed out. Granted, it's been three months, like an eternity. See, the thing is... BYU's too capable to continue this trend, by the way. I know it's happened, like, the last two games. BYU's too good. Oh, no. From three, they, from we know who to, they are. I'm a firm yes, believer. Yes. I'm a firm believer. Like, we know we, who they are when at this we, point. We knew what BYU was when we picked them up, right? Um, and I'm riding with nine wins in conference. BYU is going to shoot the three better at some point on a neutral court. The, the thing is about the NCAA tournament, or any neutral side game for that matter, is the other team also is not playing with the home crowd, and they're not used to the hoops, just like BYU's not Unless, used to the hoops. Unless, well, yeah, then there's a little then bit BYU of familiarity. Has played on that a court little bit of familiarity in 
The Delta Center. Mm -hmm. Yes, the home of the Jazz. So they're like, what's the name again? Energy? It was against Fresno State, State, right? They, so they, oh, beat, up on, they beat up on Fresno State. UNLV was last year? Yeah. So, yes, it's a concern, like but it's, Arizona it's not nearly as big a concern because opposing fans in a true away gym are not letting you hear it every time you miss a shot. There are BYU fans among the Delta Center staff. That would be a home court. Oh, my gosh. That would be a home it, court. Straight up. Yes, yeah, Seth Davis is picking BYU if they're playing in Salt Lake City. I can tell you that. Yep. Hey, men's basketball plays at Kansas tomorrow. What if, after all this rhetoric, blah, 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 <laughs> BYU just goes in and wins this game? We know the formula. Make 10 plus threes and shoot 33% from the three-point hey, line. Hey, Kansas gives up a high percentage of threes. Who knows? Who knows? 7 Eastern pregame tomorrow on BYU Radio. You're going to this game. I'm going to be there. You're I'm going to try game. and take as much karma as I possibly can with me. Yeah, dude. Are we ready to shave our heads? BYU wins at Kansas or Iowa State. <laughs> I've already done that thing. <laughs> BYU doesn't need it this year. This isn't the uh, time they need one. Exactly. Yeah, this yeah. seems. This seems. Save it. You know, they don't need that offering. Save it. After the break, ESPN's Fran Fraschilla joins us to discuss Big 12 basketball and how BYU was fit in in year number one. Is he panicking on the Cougs and their road struggles? Stay with us. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go. The MVP of your next event. Still pulling fire and oh! score! The three! Backdoor Noah. Noah driving dunk! On Saunders. Blocked block by Richie. What a block by Saunders! Transition triple now. There yeah! you go. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Happy Monday, everyone. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. It is now time to welcome in longtime ESPN college basketball analyst and former Division I head basketball coach, Fran Fischella, making his show debut. Fran, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. How are you this morning? My pleasure, uh, Spencer. I've been following you guys all year. I'm trying to be up on the Cougs best I can, welcoming them to the Big 12. And, uh, I'm trying to do my best, and I think uh, Big 12 fans are really appreciative of the Cougs being in the league and, uh, you know, in, in all the sports, really, but particularly uh, my, my purview, which is basketball. It has been a wild ride. And just so you know, we probably saved the best for last. We've had your friends Jay Billis and Sean Farnham and Roxy Bernstein on. But you you are here now. So, again, did, did yeah. we save the best for last by having you on, Fran? As at least when it comes to the Big 12, I would say absolutely. You know, I've been a part of this league now, Spencer, for, for most of 20 years. And it happened organically. You know, we, uh, when I left, uh, when BYU Cougs ran me out of the Mountain West uh, because I couldn't beat them anymore, uh, I, I, uh, we, I went to TV and we moved to Dallas where my wife's from. And when I went to ESPN, they said, hey, geographically, the best place for you is the Big 12. And uh, I was fine with that. And it's turned out not only to be great for me, but uh, – I've watched the league grow, quite frankly, in my humble opinion and the opinion of many others, as the best basketball league in college basketball. And I think part of that, quite honestly, is the coverage that ESPN gives the league, the players, the coaches, the fan bases. And it's been so much fun to see BYU slide right into the conference on the basketball side and uh, you know, not miss a beat. Not that 7-7 seven and seven is the be-all, end-all, but to do what they're doing in this year – First year in the league and what you guys bring to the conference uh tradition history fan base is phenomenal friend 2001 was the uh, a byu met yeah. conference championship it was against your new mexico squad kenny thomas i remember was amazing that's the last tournament title for byu we're hoping at some point byu gets yeah. another one in the future 
but we appreciate that one, so thanks for the sacrifice. And then Sean <laughs> Farnham told us, hey, are you cheating on me? You had Jay Billis on, and then we had Roxy now you, so I can't wait to hear what Sean has to say. But the Big 12, yeah, yeah. everyone talks about it. It's the best league in America. What makes it the best, and what has uh, been the onus for this uh, skyrocket to the top of uh, the conferences in, in America? Well, it's a great question, Jeremy. I do, I do have to give ESPN a little bit of credit for the exposure um, that the league gets on Saturdays and particularly Mondays. And, of course, we're on you know Tuesdays and Wednesdays as well. But what I've seen over 20 years is, first of all, a commitment from the schools. Uh, and and I, I have to go back to this. When I came into the league, Eddie Sutton was still coaching. Kelvin Sampson was at Oklahoma. Bob Huggins comes into the league. He's a Hall of Famer. The coaching in this league, first off, uh, Ron Kruger, I can go on and on. You know, now we got some terrific young coaches like Coach Pope and Jamie Dixon's not young anymore, but highly successful. Tang, McCaslin, of course, Scott Drew's head to the Hall of Fame. So I think, first of all, there's, this league has had great coaches, which has allowed them to recruit terrific players in part because of the exposure that the league gets. And then the other thing I would say is over my 20 years, everybody's had to try to catch up to Bill Self in Kansas. And while they haven't done it always, um, they it, Kansas has made everybody in this league better. You're going to find out on Tuesday night um, how great an arena that place is. I know you're very proud of the Marriott Center, but to me, Allen Fieldhouse with the uh, – I, I hate to say it this way because you guys have the great Kresimir Chosich, but uh, uh, Kansas has James Naismith. So <laughs> yes, where would we do. all be without <laughs> Dr. Naismith? You know what I mean? So uh, no, no offense, I hope uh, – but so anyway, I think the tradition of the league and Kansas pulling everybody up um, has been a big factor. And now you have a situation where in the last five years you've had at one, you know, last year with 10 teams in the league, five of the 10 teams in last year's conference have been to an elite eight in the last five years. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of that this year if a, a team like Houston or BYU can get to the elite eight. So uh, the league has just grown. The other thing I would tell you real quickly, I don't mean to not monopolize here, but um, the league's not been built on one and dones. I mean, for every Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, or Joel Embiid, this league has always had great uh, four, uh, th three, four, five-year guys, yeah. and especially with COVID now. And so having said that, like at BYU fits in perfectly because of the, the Mormon mission concept at the university. You've always got older, mature, tough, hard-nosed, fundamentally sound guys. And that's why BYU fits in for that reason, because their style of play, although they shoot a few more threes than most, um, their toughness and the, and, the, and the maturity of this team is very similar to what's in this league and what has been in this league. ESPN college basketball analyst Fran Fraschilla is on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, BYU, even with that maturity, certainly learning some hard lessons as they transition into the Big 12 and specifically yeah. on the road. Most recently at Kansas State, it's been a different beast for BYU on the road, like most teams in the Big 12, but still it feels like that learning curve is extra steep, Fran. So let's just uh, start with Kansas State specifically. What went wrong on the road again for BYU against Kansas State? Well, I just got done watching the tape, and I would say that, first of all, it, it, over the course of the season, um, it is uh, – you're going to have some games where you just don't make any shots, whether it's the defense or bad luck. You're just going to have some of those games. I thought watching the tape on uh, on Saturday's game, number one, they, they shot quickly. Not that they don't shoot quickly normally, but I thought they took contested shots, tough shots. 
and they weren't going down. And then I think they missed some bunnies around the basket. Uh, Dallin Hall had a layup, I remember. I think a couple of the big guys missed point-blank shots. And then it snowballs from there. Um, so I, I was actually optimistic for, for, for the Cougs in watching the game because I thought for 25, 26 minutes, they were in that game without having a good shooting night. And uh, as we know, and you pointed out, in this league, the home team wins 68% of the uh, of the games. And the main reason is, is the home crowds around this league are second to none. Um, I even did an Oklahoma State game on Saturday against OU. Amazing. Where they finally had a great crowd. And they played like a team that was a, a good basketball team. So, you know, I, I, I would just chalk it up to welcome to the Big 12. I will say this. The game I did against... Uh, Texas Tech, when they had the 16-point lead, when they lost the lead in the second half, I was thinking to myself, okay, they're going to find out that in the Big 12, it's not Portland or, or Pepperdine, that you got to play a full 40 minutes, especially on the road with these crowds. Because I remember the first four minutes, as you guys do, of that Texas Tech game, uh, the crowd willed the Red Raiders back into that game. Mm. And that's very commonplace in this league. That was a tough loss, uh, especially because now BYU is kind of struggling on the road. Would have been nice to add to the resume a little bit. And now BYU has, uh, they play Kansas tomorrow at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, as you mentioned, perhaps the most iconic venue <laughs> in the sport. If you lose at Oklahoma State and Kansas State, yeah. you certainly don't feel good about going to Kansas. Granted, no one does. No one goes in there and uh, beats Kansas right now. Um, what what right. do you hope to see yeah. from BYU as they hope to compete and just see what happens, because we've seen BYU go to Gonzaga and win before, so it's not impossible. Yeah. No, it's not impossible. I mean, can't, uh, TCU went to KU last year and beat them by 20. Um, but the first thing is, it's, it's logical. You have to make shots. And especially the way BYU plays, you've got to make threes. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. I follow Greg Rubel on, on Twitter, and you know he, he has the numbers down pat when BYU's making a – X amount of threes. They can pretty much play with anybody in the country. Yeah. And when they're not making threes, um, it's a different story. And you got to understand now, Bill Self is uh, not new to this. So he's going to make sure tomorrow night that uh, BYU doesn't get as, a lot of clean looks from three. But they're shorthanded. And as much as they played well against Texas, they st they're still going to miss Kevin McCullough in every game. And uh, I give, I give uh, BYU a puncher's chance. And again, when you go to KU or you go to Bramlage or you go to these other places, just like going to Marriott Center, you have to play with poise on the road. And I always felt as a coach, guys, the one thing you want to do with your team is we used to say, let's play TV timeout to TV timeout. Mm. Give ourselves a chance every four minutes to stay in the game. And let's get to the eight-minute mark, you know, in the second half and be in, in striking distance. You know, down four, down two, up two, you know. Um, now, I'll give you guys a little clue because it's going to be the first trip to, uh, you know, Allen Fieldhouse maybe ever in a while. Um, if you have a lead, you have to be up 10 minimum with two minutes to go or you're not winning. <laughs> just how it is. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying why. I'm not saying why. <laughs> I'm just saying you, you, got, you got to be up 10 with two minutes to go. If you're up four, you got no shot. <laughs> because <laughs> you got a Hall of Fame coach, first of all, and then you have other – extenuating circumstances <laughs> let's just say 13 people out on that court get affected let's just say that <laughs> so all BYU needs to do is be up by a mere 10 with two minutes to go not a ton to ask That's right the ask okay then it can, it can happen it can happen but it doesn't happen often okay Fran <laughs> as we wind down uh let's 
Let's focus in on, on Kansas a little bit more. You mentioned McCuller, who is, again, not going to be with the Jayhawks. Where does a team like BYU have an advantage from a scheme right. perspective against just a beast at home in Kansas? Well, that's a, that's a good question, uh, Spencer. I think the depth, you know, you're talking about a team with no depth that's going to play five, five guys uh, at 37 minutes, and then you have a team that is one of the deepest teams in college basketball. When I studied BYU early in the year, uh, my first reaction is like, damn, they got like eight starters. You know, there's eight guys that huh. you could put out there, and they, and they have because of injuries. But, you know, you look at Foose coming back off an of injury, but Ali's done well. Uh, uh, Tiki's been – that's a great three-headed monster. Then, you you know, I think Spencer was hurt for a couple games. Uh, Richie Saunders, to me, is a starter uh, in many years at BYU. So, uh, I think the pace of the game, although they love to run in that building, uh, Kansas – I think the physicality and the, or the conditioning, let's say, of BYU and being able to go deeper in their bench could be a factor in this game. We'll see what happens. Okay, uh, many people don't know, you're also involved as a coach and uh, advisor in many ways with USA Basketball, 3x3 specifically, and you're the guy that got Jimmer Fredette connected here. What's the story of getting Jimmer with 3x3? Because uh, we're excited to watch him compete in the Olympics. Well, it's going to be a, you know, a crowning moment, I think, of what's been an amazing career for Jimmer. Uh, we got to know each other through the years just because of basketball. You know, I was in Shanghai back in 16, 17. It was November 16 because my son, now coaches at Harvard, played at Harvard. And they were in Shanghai for a, a game over there with Stanford. And so I went to the Shanghai Sharks game and said hi to Jimmer after the game. We kind of knew each other. And then TBT in the summer – we got to know each other a little better. Obviously, I've always been an admirer. And then I moved to Colorado Springs, and, of course, Jimmer lives in Denver now. And so I, I, t I reached out to him a couple summers ago, maybe uh, June of 23, I think. And I said, hey, would you be interested in three-on-three? -three? It's going to be an Olympic sport, and this would be a great way to cap off your career. We had lunch in Denver, as you guys know. Um, first of all, i got, I got to ask you guys this. I don't understand why – Jimmer's the nicest guy I've ever met. Why does why do the San Diego State fans not like him? I never could figure that out. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Maybe, maybe. It's a great mystery <laughs> in life. Yeah, maybe it's because he dropped 50 on him, you know. But, yeah, it may have something um, to do with it. But anyway, we, yeah, but we went up there. We had lunch, and he was all, all in. And he had an amazing summer for us. Uh, you know, three-on-three three is one of those things where you're gone like four days a week. Uh, two, two weeks a month for about four months, five months. So he had a May commitment. Um, you know, his lovely wife and kids uh, were really supportive. And um, by traveling around the world with, uh, with our USA 3X3 team, and he was clearly the best player, one of the best at this. He was all world, I think, this summer. Um, Jimmer helped us qualify for Paris. And so we're thrilled for him. We're thrilled for the United States. It's a new sport very much like beach volleyball to volleyball um, where you have to be good at volleyball in order to be good at beach volleyball. And Jimmer's really good at basketball. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he's still <laughs> really good that. at basketball. And he's, yeah. And he's a great, as you guys know, he's one of the best people you'll ever meet. And uh, uh, just a great ambassador for, for BYU and, and uh, the Mormon faith. And uh, he lives his life just like you'd want him to. And we're excited. I'm getting to go to Paris. My son, James, who coaches in the G League, is the assistant coach of the team. And um, it's uh, going to be a real cool event for all of us. And 
We're thrilled for Jimmer, and I know BYU Nation's thrilled for him, too. Outstanding. We're thrilled that you recruited him for this 3x3 adventure. Good work, friend. Uh, I, th- yeah, I think it's... Me, uh... too. We wouldn't be going. <laughs> we, we wouldn't be going to Paris. Trust me, Spencer. We wouldn't be going without Jimmer. <laughs> so, it's cool. Jeremy and I are just trying to figure out how we get ourselves yeah, to Paris Yeah, we're trying to get now. a ticket over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Special correspondent. I think, uh, you know, BYU TV, Sports Nation, I think... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking special correspondent. Let's you know, go. Check on Jimmer. Let's like go. <laughs> Fran, uh, we know how extremely busy you are. And uh, I've, in fact, I believe you got Texas, Texas Tech tomorrow night on ESPN. Uh, it doesn't slow down for you. So we appreciate you taking some time with us to talk about the Cougs and the Big 12. We look forward to seeing you yep. in Kansas City. Can't wait for Kansas City, guys. You know, you, you're going to enjoy it. Vegas was good. WCC, nothing like Big 12 tournament. And uh, I know the Cougs are going to be well represented. It's going to be fun. Fran, take care and be well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Fran. All right. All right. See you guys. What a class act. Fran Fraschilla on BYU Sports Nation. He coached St. John's. He was obviously in the Mountain West and, and uh, the WAC, the end of that, with uh, BYU. And he's been doing great work for a long time. Love his calls. And uh, he's got great insight on what's going on. And he's the guy that got Jimmer in 3x3. Oh, right? he, he's the guy, like, if Fran's doing the game, I will watch the game. Yeah. He's I'm, so good. And yeah, he is he the Big nice 12. Job. I can't wait to hear Sean Farnham's jealousy as well. <laughs> BYU basketball with Mark Pope is Thursdays at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. As the coach talks with Greg Rubel coming off that Kansas game, TCU coming in Saturday night to Provo. Check it out Thursday night. The NFL rumor mill is rolling around Zach Wilson specifically and uh, gaining momentum that he could be headed to the West Coast. Do we like the specifics and the fit? We'll tell you next on BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day. Hey, a little look behind the scenes. we got a couple camera operators in here. Give them love. Audio. Let's go. Yeah. It's us and, and four other people uh, in, the, in here. So say a good joke and no one laughs. We didn't really hit it, you know. <laughs> Uh, follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. It's often a tough crowd in here. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're doing our jobs. Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Spencer. He is Jeremy. We just spoke with Fran Pashilla. Awesome conversation. Yeah, if you good. missed it, you can watch it on demand or listen to the podcast as always. Let's roll out today's headlines. Men's basketball lost at Kansas State, 84-74. BYU a season-low six three-point makes. Season-low 19% from deep as well. Kansas State's Arthur Kaluma scored a career-high 28 for the Wildcats. Cougars now 19-8 overall, 7-7 in the Big 12, number 13 in the net, 18 in Ken Palm. Tomorrow, BYU plays at Kansas. How about that? BYU women's basketball loses at Iowa State on Saturday, got away from the Cougars in the fourth quarter, 74-49, third straight loss for BYU. The Cougs could not, like the men, get anything going on offense. Shot just 31% from the field, 21% from three. I beg three. to differ. I'm just watching highlights right now of Bucket Spence. Of Lauren Gustin? Uh, yeah. She's been incredible all season long. She She's getting buckets regardless of the game. Yeah. 27th double-double the season. She had 22 points and 11 rebounds. Cougars now 15 and 14 on the season. 5 and 11 in Big 12 play. Very winnable game against Houston on Wednesday night on senior night. Already? Number eight, men's volleyball split a pair of five-set matches against number four, UCLA, winning Friday in comeback fashion 15-12. They were down 8-4 in that fifth set. Amazing. Then lost 15-10 in the fifth on Saturday. 
Cougars 10 and 6 overall, 1 and 3 in league play. Have the week off before heading to Stanford next week. BYU softball finishes play at the Mary Nutter Classic with two wins on Saturday against Cal Poly, 19 to 3, and Rutgers. That's a big 9 10 win, Spence. Four home runs in that Cal Poly game, including two grand slams, one from Hunter Ava and the Whoa. other from Lily Owens. Yeah. In game two, Eight-run win for BYU behind a three-run homer from Lily Owens and Kate Daly pitching five innings, giving up only one run on four hits. That's Kenzie Kerber, Daly's sister-in-law, by the way. Very nice. Yep. BYU went 4-1 overall in Palm Springs, now 12-3, Cathedral City, technically. The Cougars... Oh, gets, you live there, you know. Exactly. You know. Hey, they're 12-3. They head to Sacramento for the Capital Classic next. Baseball dropped the final two games at UC Davis on Friday and Saturday. Unfortunately, lost their Series 2-1 after winning Game 1 20-4. Used all the runs, apparently, in Game 1. That's crazy. BYU played seven games in 11 days to start the season. 2-5 so far. Three-game series starting Thursday at Gonzaga. Number 24, BYU Gymnastics. Another solid score, 196.500 yeah. on Friday night against seventh-ranked Denver. The Cougars led by freshman Brindley Anderson. Karma! Karma! She said to me after the meet, you told me it was real. It's real. Karma. A 9.95 on the beam for one, Brindley. One judge gave her a 10. Highest score of the night on any event. BYU had all five scores on the floor above 9.825s to finish out the meet. With a 49.325 as a team in that rotation, BYU at home this Friday against Southern Utah. You can watch on ESPN+. Plus. I kid you not, I say it every year, they go by the Flippin' Birds. That's not a joke. That's, that's their that name. That is their nickname. Men and women's track and field competed at the Big 12 Indoor Championships. The women's team took fourth, men's team took seventh. Lexi Halliday-Lowry led the women's team, was the lone Big 12 champ from Brigham winning the 3K. Other notable performances, Sadie Sargent, Third in the 3K, Riley Chamberlain second in the mile. Caleb Johnson took fourth in the mile. Men's 4x4 team took fourth place. Bunch of school records set, by the way, in the process. Next meet, the NCAA Indoor National Championships in two weeks in Beantown. BYU men's tennis beats Idaho State for a seventh consecutive victory. Okay. And the women's team beat Cal Poly to improve to 8-1 and one on the season. Both of those happening over the weekend. And women's golf followed their Instagram where they uh, eat delicious food. Uh, they began play this morning in the Causeway Invitational in Sacramento. Good luck. Gary Roberts bringing it on uh, their social media page. Indeed. Those are today's headlines. Now to the Big 12 Roundup. Yeehaw! Game of the week was Saturday morning on CBS. It number did not two disappoint. Baylor, number, uh, sorry, number two Houston, number 11 Baylor. Baylor goes 0-4. They lose to Brigham. Then they lose to Houston in OT. Uh, trailed by as many as 16 at halftime, Baylor stormed back. Jamal Shedd made a three at the buzzer. It was waved off. It was in his hand. They go to OT. Cougars outscore uh, the Bears, and Houston's now won five straight, 10 of 11, 11 and 3 in the Big 12. Baylor 8 and 6 in league, back in action tonight at TCU. That is a tough two games and three-day stretch. for the uh, Rough week for Baylor against the Cougars, both BYU and Houston. <laughs> Number six, Iowa State, 71, West Virginia, 64. A little closer than I thought this was going to be. Iowa State forced West Virginia into 23 turnovers and scored 29 points off those turnovers. Well, Iowa State uh, improves to 10-4 in the Big 12. West Virginia falls to 4-10. Mountaineers trying to bounce back tonight against Kansas State, who just beat BYU. Can BYU do that, what West Virginia did, which is compete? And give yourself a chance, perhaps, uh, next Wednesday at Iowa State. 10 plus 3 is 33% from the three-point line. That'll do. Number nine, Kansas, 86. Texas, 67. Kansas up 20 at halftime. Hunter Dickinson, fantastic. 20 points. KJ Adams, 16. 
Kansas nine and five in the league. Uh, all five losses are on the road, by the way. Texas six and eight. Kevin McCullough Jr. missed the game with the knee injury. He's ruled out for tomorrow's game against BYU as well. Can Kansas treat BYU like a trap game, please? <laughs> Overlook B BYU, please! Who is after BYU? Overlook them! Is the question. Uh, how about this? The stunner of Saturday was UCF beating 23rd ranked Texas Tech by 14. UCF used a 20-3 run in the second half to run away from the Red Raiders and end their four-game losing streak. Texas Tech went nine minutes without making a field goal in this Woof. game. UCF does get after it on defense. Why didn't they do that Gosh dang it, I know. Home floor, that's how. UCF improves to 5-9 Texas Tech at 8-6. Want a trap game? Kansas at Baylor set. Come on, that's come a on! perfect trap Come on, game overlook BYU! Bedlam part two, Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State by two because Javian McCollum hit a game winner at the buzzer. It was awesome. To win Oklahoma. Called by Fran Fischilla. Yep. Oklahoma 7-7 seven seven now, tied for BYU. It's in seventh place in the Big 12. Oklahoma State 4-10, tied for last with West Virginia. Oklahoma State's playing better. They're, they're sneaky. TCU beats Cincinnati by 18. Granted, this is in Fort Worth, but still an impressive victory against the Bearcats. Emmanuel Miller and Jacoby Cole each scored 18 points to lead the Horned Frogs to the win. TCU in that bunch of teams at 8-6. Cincinnati drops to 5-9. TCU will host Baylor tonight, as you mentioned. Again. Cougar Whip Round is added by Maersk now, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's share some opinions as we close out the Big 12 Roundup. Some NFL rumors uh, have Jets quarterback Zach Wilson believed to be a trade target of the Rams. Would you love this? Yes, I would love, 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 continued love this, channeling my Bronco Mendenhall from years back. This is a great fit for Zach Wilson. Uh, the West Coast and the Sean McVay offense and a backup to just a dude who is a veteran, and if he wins a little bit more, maybe gets another Super Bowl, he's, he's pushing Hall of Fame consideration in Matthew Stafford. Like, this is a great scenario for Zach if this happens. That'd be great. He wouldn't have to drive that far to John Beck now from Utah, right? He's getting back to California. Yeah, Puka Nakua and all that. Carson Wentz was the backup last year. They didn't use him a ton. Stafford was pretty healthy, but they, they started, uh, yeah, they started somebody else in a couple games. There's a chance that he could play a little bit. I'd love that. Wentz can go somewhere else and be a starter. Like, let Zach be the backup to Matthew Stafford. I'd yeah. love it. Don't, don't care where Wentz goes. Just get out of the way. Hey, we were worried, and rightfully so, about BYU men's volleyball yeah. going into the weekend matches against fourth-ranked UCLA. They win dramatically in five sets on Friday, lose dramatically in five sets on Saturday. But did they turn a corner out of these recent struggles by how they competed against UCLA. I think they got better, yeah. BYU very well could have won both, by the way. BYU was up 2-1 on Saturday and uh, lost. Both teams that went up 2-1 ended up losing. But yeah, BYU showed something. And uh, at home, BYU is certainly tough to beat. And uh, it was great to win Friday and then Saturday. Uh, the libero for UCLA changed into an outside hitter. He had been an outside hitter until the last four games. Mm. And he had 14 kills in like two and a half sets. Wow. Ethan Champlin is his name. He was amazing. It was, it was quite, I'd never seen a libero turned outside in the match. BYU got swept twice by Grand Canyon on their home floor. So to see them compete against the number four team like this and win one of those matches, yeah. big time. Like they can build off of this. Like yes. they can build and take confidence from Playing this. for third in the league though, ultimately, GCU and UCLA clearly the top team. Head above the rest. Yep. After the break, more of your Mailbag Monday questions. What do you got for us? Answers on the way. This is BYU Sports Nation. Win that trap game at Kansas, baby. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. It is Mailbag Monday, and let's get right to our elite question of the day, presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated, coming in from Brady Hader on X. Who Hyder. says? And he was my sorry, Brady uh, Hyder. One of my best friends, if not my best friend in middle school. Let's go, Brady Hyder. What's up, Brady? Uh, how many cougar tails will Jerem eat for a Sweet 16 appearance? I will asks. eat 16 cougar tails. I will eat 16 over an indeterminate yeah, amount of time. In, in a day? Over, in over two like, days? Over like two months. <laughs> yeah. About one a day for 16 days. Uh, no. <laughs> no. But I will eat 16. Uh, great stuff. We appreciate all the fans that so regularly send messages into the show. Yeah, thanks, uh, we're everybody. here because of you. As we go to break, a moment to remember a BYU great. Former BYU and NFL wide receiver Golden Richards passed away over the weekend at the age of 73. Richards played at BYU for two seasons in 1970 and 71, catching 50 passes for 799 yards and two touchdowns. He played in the NFL for seven seasons, won a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. Richards was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 2011. He is survived by his two sons, Goldie and Jordan. We are praying for the Richards family in this difficult time and certainly thinking about all of them. We love you. BYU Sports Nation is with you. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And this goes to Ari Mackie Williams, who posted on Instagram that she got baptized over the weekend. Really cool. Uh, saying, yeah. You know, she grew up around the church and said she felt a special connection to it. Yesterday, big day for her, and a lot of people um, celebrating that occasion with her were, were super excited for Ari. She grew up around members of the church in New Zealand. Here she, are, she is in the, you know, the heart of uh, a lot of the members in Utah. So, welcome to the fold. Let's go. Man, uh, I love that so much. Our thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Fran Frischilla. Started Dennis, we ran out of time. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Liddell Anderson. We'll see you tomorrow for more BYU Sports Nation. Cougs in Kansas, can they pull off a miracle? You're a sunflower.